Jesus here is trying to make the principles of faith easy. We simply need to get the Word of God in our heart. You know, when we face a challenge, we shouldn't just jump into the challenges with a bunch of scriptures. We don't say, God, give me wisdom. Show me what you want me to stand on. When I'm reading the Word, if something stands out, it doesn't, I'm still needing to stand on the Word. There's certain scriptures that I'm, I highly lean toward that applies to that particular situation. So, but they're alive to me, and I make sure that I don't um, get so, so inundated with so many confessions, so many scriptures that, you know what it does? It gets into works. When if we would just simplify it, walking by faith can be a layup. Word of God says we walk by faith. The just shall live by faith. These are ways we just live and we operate. You are listening to the Harvest Church Podcast. Here at Harvest, we love God, love people, and live with purpose. Our services are on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, let's listen in to a message by Pastor Joe Coyne. Good evening, everybody. Oh, boy, that was... That does not make a speak, speaker feel too good. Good evening, everybody. Okay. All right, so it's been a good day. No matter what we face, thank God we have him to help us overcome. And we're really on Wednesday evenings. Well, first of all, let me just say this real quick. Have you ever noticed that when, you, when you're pressing to get here to get to service on Wednesday night or on Sunday morning and you, you feel like you, you just feel like you're going through something very tough, and then all of a sudden you just come into, um, come into the service and you sense the presence of God, and then, then instead of talking about how bad something is, you're starting to talk about how good He is, and you're starting to lift up His Word above all words, and all of a sudden you just get your peace back, and, and you, get, you get clarity, and you realize, say, wait a minute, uh, I don't need to strive for this because He already purchased this for me. And I just need to receive it by faith. So it's just wonderful. That's what praise and worship does. That's what hearing a positive word will, will uh, bring into your life. It'll just shift things and help us to move forward right in the middle of the will of God. On Wednesday nights, we're focusing on the topic of faith. My wife did a super job. I, mean, I just can't tell you how wonderful a job she did on Sunday. You say, why, is she not, why isn't she up here today? Well, because ministry, sometimes you don't know which way it's going to go sometimes. So ministry happened, and I'm, I'm up here tonight, so just, you know, second string's okay. And uh, so I'm good with that. And, and as a matter of fact, she was going to come do Sunday, but again, something else shifted for the rest. Uh, she had to go out of town now for ministry, and so again, you'll just have to put up with me. That's all. All right, so good. Let's go to the scripture that we've been focusing on, and uh, as I meant, it's just, you know, I know that God's, God feeds me, and then I feed you, and uh, it just seems like the more I just meditate in the Word, the more I'm beginning to see, and that would be good because we need to continually progress in our knowledge and our growth, and so we're talking about faith, and we're talking about not letting the fig tree that looks like it's producing, but we get up to it and it's not producing, we're not going to let that speak to our mind like you're not going to get what God said you have a right to. No, we, we're, going to, we're learning how to walk by faith when something negative tries to get into our head or something contrary to the word tries to come at us or a, a, wrong, a negative word comes to a person. 
I'll tell you what, you know, some people gossip about others, but you know what, I'm like, I don't have time to gossip about others because I'm taking care of me. Thank you for those three words of encouragement there. You know, if we just manage ourselves, we've got an overtime job on our hands. So, oh, not me. I, no, yes, you, especially you who are gossiping. I, that's, you know, might want to put that, pull it in. Wow, that was good. So Mark eleven twelve says, On the day following when they had come away from Bethany, he, speaking of Jesus, was hungry. And uh, verse 13, And seeing in a distance a fig tree that was covered with leaves. That's, that's key. Don't you love to hear our kids express themselves? That, that does not bother me one bit. Uh, okay, so... But he's seeing in the distance, Jesus was seeing a fig tree in the distance covered with leaves. That's significant. And uh, he went to see if he could find any fruit on it, for in the fig tree, when uh, the fruit appears the same time as the leaves appear. So uh, Jesus, thinking about fig trees, very familiar with that in, in um, the agriculture of that area, fig trees, when, when it showed leaves, you know there's going to be fruit. So he was expecting, he was hungry, he was going to go up to that uh, fig tree and get some figs. And you all like fig newtons? Yes. Strawberry newtons? I don't think there's any strawberry fig trees, but I like them. I haven't had them in a long time. I don't even know why I'm talking about them. guess I'm sort of hungry. But anyway, (laughs) but uh, so he was going up to this, does it make sense? He, he He saw leaves on this fig tree. And so he went up because he was hungry, and uh, because fig appears at the same time the leaves do. But when he came up to it, he found nothing but leaves. Something that should have been producing because they had leaves was not producing, and it did not feed him. And, and so, you know, sometimes when, when and just, just follow me, because I, I, I promise you, I've got a really good sound mind. But uh, how, how many have ever had some, a few bills coming unexpected? And how many know sometimes your bills try to talk to you? <laughs> yeah, like, wonder how I'm going to pay for that. Hey, and, and you know, you, and you're just trying to, trying to thank God because your tither and giver is going to meet all your needs and some unexpected things come and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you might be just resting and trying, trying to relax and just keep all your cares cast on Him and, and all of a sudden you, you hear this, psst, 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 how are you going to pay me? That never happens to you, right? I'm not saying that. You get me. I mean, the fig tree uh, uh, started to give Jesus a lip. He answered the fig tree that was supposed to be producing to feed him. And what did he do? He came up to the tree. He found nothing but leaves, for the fig season had not yet come yet. Now, now that's something that I tried to look in a little bit deeper. And there's a few different explanations of you know, why would Jesus be expecting fruit when it wasn't the season for the fruit to produce? Well, apparently this was a special case. Well, I was reading after the author, uh, Frederick T. Wright, in the book, Manners, Customs, and Bible Lands. And listen to this, it's interesting. It says about the fig tree, it says, The normal habit of the fig tree is that fruit begins to form on the tree the same time the leaves appear. And leaves and fruit also disappear together. So they appear together, and what else? They disappear together. But it was said of this fig tree, which Jesus and his disciples saw on the Mount of Olives, for the time of the figs was not yet. But actually, 
this was no excuse for the fig here because if it wasn't time for the figs, there would have been no leaves. Did you get that? Actually, there was no excuse for the fig tree here. I thought that was a pretty good explanation. But uh, regardless of what's happening here, Jesus used this experience that could have been negative because he was hungry. And uh, this is what Jesus said to the fig tree because the fig tree had leaves say, I should be producing, but I'm not producing. You'll not eat from me. And so, well, not only and I'm not going to eat from you, then you're, you're not going to be eating from anybody from here on out. So Jesus said it. <clears throat> now, this is really important. Now, Jesus pulled out his three-by-five uh, cards, and he got out 75 things to say to the fig tree. Because I don't know if I have enough Scripture yet that could really help this thing, that could really cause it to be cursed and uprooted. I'm, making a, I'm really making a point here. Um, Jesus said to the fig tree, He's talking to the fig tree. If you saw somebody, you know, if it's a fig tree on our parking lot and you saw them standing in front of a fig tree talking to it, well, that would be different. But um, we definitely have Leon and his crew go check them out. But, um, but, but there's a principle here that when negativity comes to our mind, we better do something with that thought. And, and uh, there is an enemy out there called the devil. He was called Lucifer in the beginning, high archangel. He led praise and worship and all this kind of thing, but he started thinking of himself higher than he ought to. He said, you know what, I just don't want to be a worship leader. I want to be God. I want to take his place. I think I could do it better. And, well, you know what, there is no other God but one God. His name is God Almighty, Jehovah. There's only one Son of God, His name is Jesus, and there's only one Holy Spirit. Those three are one. So He was, he was cast out of heaven like lightning. <clears throat> there was not a big power surge in heaven because the enemy had come into mortal compact, co combat with, with God. No. God is the creator. The devil is created. You will never have a struggle with the Creator and the created, especially when the Creator is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-omnipresent, all, all, uh, all, everywhere at all times. That's, that's what makes God, God. So, no, there's no power surge. It wasn't, you know, the surge protector wasn't on so it didn't blow out when they were having a battle there. No, God threw them down to earth like lightning. So now you can sort of begin to understand um, that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with uh, God. The Word was God. But in Genesis chapter 1, it talked about how God looked on the face of the earth and it was without form and void and darkness covered all this earth. Now, God didn't make it like that. Something happened. A fallen angel came and infected the whole world. And you know what God said? He, this is another thing. You know, Jesus here was teaching us a principle of, of, of how to operate in our faith, and I'll just share that with a moment. But notice when, when God said He was looking over the, the face of the earth, there was the earth was out without form, and it was void and darkness covered the whole earth, right? 
but the Spirit of God was hovering. And like some, some folks, some of us sometimes, we'd be so captured by, by what it looked like and what it seemed like and the darkness and all this kind of stuff, we'd probably say, oh my God, you know, what happened? It's so dark. But God said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to create... Um, I'm going to create peace and darkness. I'm going to create like light. Notice what he said, light be. He saw darkness, but he said, I don't want any more darkness there. I'm going to speak light. And guess what? The Holy Spirit that was hovering was just waiting on a word. The Holy Spirit's hovering here tonight. If we just get the word of God engaged in our life. And sometimes we're saying, God, why? You know, I've been waiting so long. Why? Why? Well, just make sure he has something to work with. Make sure that when it looks darkest, you're still speaking the light of God's word. When, when, it, when it seems like there's void, void means no good. I mean, just not going to happen type thing. The fig, said, the fig had leaves, said, I'm not going to feed you, Jesus. And then Jesus said, no one's going to eat from you. If I'm not going to eat from you, no one's going to eat from you either. So he spoke to the lack. He spoke to the lack with the word of God. But sometimes, because he is the word, so that's what he would speak, right? And uh, he is a little God personified. If you want to know what God looks like, just follow Jesus. If you want to see what God's ways are, you follow Jesus. We're looking in the principles that uh, a carnal mind can't accept. Because God operates in faith here, operates in Genesis through Revelation of the, uh, all throughout history. He's taught us how to walk by faith so that we can, we can um, gosh, there's a, there's a title that I, that I uh, spoke on bringing um, peace in chaotic situations. But it was better than that. That wouldn't work too good. But anyway, he turned the situation around by speaking when it was in his heart by what he wanted to have happen and replace the darkness. So, but I, this just really stood out to me today for some reason. It seems like sometimes when we go through a trial, we got to find 101 scriptures to get on top of it. Now, it's good if you're going through a challenge of healing to read these 101 scriptures just to build your faith up and build your faith up. But what you ought to be doing is gold mining, and you ought to be looking for that particular word or two or three that God's going to have you stand on for that particular occasion. Because I have literally worn myself out sometimes just by quoting so many scriptures that eventually my heart wasn't even into it. Come on. One word from God will change it. One word from God will change that situation. Now, again, it, it'd be good to do devotionals if you're going through a physical challenge and, and, and cover those scriptures. But it, I, I re-looked at those 100 scriptures, and all of a sudden, I found two or three or four. I'm like, boom, yeah. Oh, I like that. When, when the light of God's word dawns on your spirit, the word becomes alive to you, faith is there. I mean, faith is right there, fresh faith right there. It, it, when I'm teaching, when my wife is teaching, we have other people come up here and teaching, and you learn something, you have an aha moment. You ever have those in service? I hope you do. Because the Holy Spirit's here. You can go say, hey, that applies here, and let me show you truth about that. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow. Isn't it interesting, too, that when you go and share what God revealed to you, it doesn't seem like other people are excited. 
God didn't reveal that to them. Look at what God did. Look, watch this. But we get excited, people, because we're all learning. We're all growing. But Jesus said, no, this is all he said about, about that tree that didn't produce for him. He simply looked at that. With his heart, he said, no one is ever going to eat from you again. His disciples were listening. Jesus looked at this situation and said, I'm going to teach my disciples through precept and example right in front of them. I'm not just going to teach them. I'm going to show them. I'm going to live it right in front of them so they can realize that the things of God, and I'm saying this about leadership the other day. I said, you know what? Leadership has been projected to be as hard as doing a 360 slam dunk. Well, who in the world could do that in this room? Raise your hand. <clears throat> that means you run and then you're going toward the basket and you with the ball and you go, <laughs> bam, and you just hang on that thing. Hang on that rim. I woke up some of you just a second there saying, what in the world are you talking about basketball? So, really, good leadership principles are a layup. Does anybody know what a layup is? I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. You go right up to it, take the ball right there, and there's a little box. Go, boom. It goes in. We can all do a layup, right? So, Jesus here is trying to make the principles of faith easy. We simply need to get the Word of God in our heart. And, and whatever, you know, when we face a challenge, we shouldn't just jump into the challenges with a bunch of scriptures. We have to say, God, give me wisdom. Show me what you want me to stand on. Now, if I don't necessarily, you know, you know when, I'm in, when I'm reading the Word, uh, if something stands out, it doesn't, and I'm still needing to stand on a Word, there's certain scriptures that I'm, I highly lean toward that applies to that particular situation. So, but they're alive to me, and I make sure that I don't um, <clears throat> get so, so inundated with so many confessions, so many scriptures that, you know what it does? It gets into works. When if we would just simplify it, leadership can be a layup. Walking by faith can be a layup. Word of God says we walk by faith not by sight. The just shall live by faith. These are ways we just live and we operate. So Jesus took this opportunity to show his disciples how to walk by faith in something he wanted to change. You might see darkness. You might have expected to eat fig from a, uh, the leaves on that fig tree and you were expecting figs, but you got something different than what you expected. All evidence is that this was going to happen now. So what, how do we handle that when things like that happen? We find out what the truth is. God's Word is truth. God's Word is light. God's Word is God's way. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us through you know, through His Word, through the Word of God, and, and these simple principles to help us navigate through any challenge we're facing. 
It seems like the harder the challenge we face, we want 300 scriptures to quote this time. I'm not making fun of you because I've actually done it myself. And I realize, my goodness, not only am I going through a challenge that's, that's beyond my ability that I've never faced before, I can't work myself through it. You know, the word says only believe. Just believe. And don't get so spread out, so thin on the scripture that you haven't delved into maybe just two or three scriptures that will give you enough power and enough strength and enough grace and enough, you know, just to cause you to overcome it. I just have that type of personality. I, you know what? Tell the person next to you, I got to watch myself like pastor got to watch himself. Yes, yeah, right. You can mention my name. That's fine. Because I have an all-in personality, and I can be militaristic. And um, my family has taken me on as their assignment just to, just to, to make, make me, I mean, not make me, but uh, help me to live a balanced life. Um, I, I, I definitely, I needed my wife <laughs> to come into my life. And we complement each other. But just through the years, um, helped me to see what balance looks like. Don't get me wrong. If you're in a red zone challenge for your life, you ought not to be just watching the golf channel or, or shopping network. Sorry, I got to get on both sides there. Um, or whatever. No, I mean, that, you ought to be listening to Word pretty much const, just very consistently and just lean back and receive it. And then all of a sudden, when something quicks into your heart, oh, thank you, Father. You said I would live and not die, but I would declare the works of the Lord. You're listening to Dad Higgins scriptures, or you're listening to a particular. I, I posted <clears throat> on our Facebook page, any of you can get it, a classic teaching that helped me get through cancer. There was three verses that when I was, I was diagnosed with cancer last year, matter of fact, I hadn't even had surgery yet last year at this time. Um, we ask God for wisdom. Because somewhere along the line, some but he said, well, because I'm a faith person, I don't have doctors in my life, and I will not have surgery. Well, that's ridiculous. Doctors in the healing business. I heard a preacher one time say they were on this side of this deathbed, and, and, and there was someone else beside them, and, and the doctor said, now, now just, just let God do his work, son. Just, just be patient. Let God do his work of that devastating disease. Let God do His work. I'm going to wonder, wonder why He's in the healing business then. If He's a doctor, He, needs, he wants people to get healed. So if, 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 if that disease on that person is, is, you know, God's work, then why in the world are you a doctor? Because you're against the will of God. You know, if we just think sometimes, that'd be refreshing, wouldn't it? 
you're not with me. Who created this body? In the beginning, God created man and out of the dirt of the ground, and he breathed, and he became a living soul. And within that living body, there is an inherent ability to heal itself. Oh, but I don't believe in healing. Well, let me see that. Um, let me see when you skinned up your elbow. Let me, let me see. Let me see it now. Well, what's healed up? Now just imagine God by the Spirit of God who quickens our mortal body. Just when we believe the Word of God, just imagine Him quickening a little bit more power in that area to add on to what's already inherent in the body. <laughs> Go through the Scripture and you'll find out over and over again that sickness is not of God. There's none in heaven. And he said, my, I want my will to happen here on this earth just like in heaven. He doesn't have sickness in heaven. God's a healer. The devil's a destroyer. Now, there's some things, some people say, you mean if I have this, then I'm, you know, the devil's after me? Well, it's just good to know who we need to believe and who, who we need to say, devil, shut up. You're not putting that on me. Because Jesus took my infirmities. And I'm getting to those scriptures now. The, um, the three scriptures that I, that I just got in my heart as I would read over the, um, you know, the many different scriptures we had on healing. And just, I read that sort of as my devotion rather than trying to confess every single one, every single one, every single one. And, and but the, the scripture that I stood on for healing was Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. And I think you might have put it up there the way that I wrote it because I put this in the first person, I think. Did you all do that? Uh, okay. Well, where, I'm just going to read it the way I personalized it. And you can just look at it instead of taking, surely he has borne our griefs. I would say, surely he has borne my griefs. So that was a scripture that I just put it in the first person so because it applied to me and I was taking ownership of myself. And Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, surely Jesus, you, have borne my griefs. What does griefs mean? My sicknesses and my weaknesses and my distresses and you've carried my sorrows and pain of punishment. But Jesus, you were wounded for my transgressions. He, wasn't, he didn't go to the cross because he had missed it. He went to the cross because I had missed it. He didn't go to the cross because he was sick. He went to the cross to die for my sin, which is a product of sickness and pain and disease and all the other mess you see on this earth. But you were wounded for my transgressions, Jesus. Thank you. And I would just... Praise and worship him over these things. And you were bruised for my guilt, my iniquities. Thank you, Jesus. You love me enough to die in spite of me. The chastisement needful for me to have peace and well-being in my mind was upon you, Jesus. The whole, you know, I think about what he went through when the thorns were placed on the brow of his head, which can also denote what your soul goes through sometimes. Internal bruising, internal hurts, internal uh, uh, challenges in the mental arena. 
chastisement of our peace was needful to obtain our peace. It was upon him. And with his stripes that wounded you, Jesus, I am healed. (laughs) What a great exchange. He died for my sins so I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He died for my sickness because he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities, chastised my peace was upon him. With his stripes I am healed. He, 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 um, he died for all the times that fear tried to strike my soul. And let me tell you something. Walk, with, walk closer to God with me. Because the Scripture says in the latter times, there would be so much t- turmoil and distress in this earth, men's hearts would begin to fail them because of fear. I'm saying, let's, let's all just pull into the Word a little bit closer. Let's just listen to the Word and just fellowship with God like He's a real person, because He is. And stop letting the enemy say, you've got to pray nine hours today. How about trying 15 minutes? Uh, you know, first of the year, everybody goes on these big old, uh, you know, gym uh, memberships, and they, they, they buy into what they saw on the commercial. Say, I'm going to look like that. I don't look like that. I'm going to take a membership, and I'm going to look like that. Well, there's a lot of things you got to do between then and looking like that. But there are some people, and again, I... I uh, Sometimes people try to work out in a way that they can't maintain that workout schedule. Find something you you could do easily and happy and, you know, and I had a young man come up to me Sunday, so, so perplexed, I would say. And he said, it's just like, I can't. You know, when I get in the Word, I can't understand the Word, but then I want the Word, and this, and just like this. I said, stop. God's not a dictator, taskmaster. All you need to do is stop going from this and that and that and that and get on a reading plan and stick with it. Oh, that's awesome. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I know it's a dark day outside in the world, but rise and shine, thy light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon us, and we're, we're well able to overcome anything because God knows what day he placed us in. God knows what time he placed us in, and we are going to maximize his potential in our life, and we are going to fulfill the will of God concerning this ministry and all the different things and mandates that God gives us to do. The other scripture that really blessed me when I was standing... Uh, for healing, yeah, I was I was tempted to um, get so regimented that you know my heart wasn't really into it, so I I had to slow myself down. And you know I I can really really give you testimony that that whole challenge and and I'm still recovering on some things, but that whole challenge met my wife and I with a peace that passes all understanding. It just, just all on, just, I wasn't striving this time for some reason. You know, there's greater grace for greater challenges in the day and the race you run. 
God's not going to, you know, suffer us to go through anything that's beyond our ability to be able to have us help to get through. Man, I'm not saying every single day was, you know, just, but I still had a piece of past all understanding. And in our situation, there was another scripture that I stood on in Matthew 8, 17. So it was Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. I personalized that. Then Matthew 8, 17, I personalized that. And he said, and it says, you have fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet, what we just quoted in Isaiah 53, when Jesus healed somebody. He said, now, that's fulfilled what was spoken, what I spoke in Isaiah, that you, that you took in order to carry away my sickness and my infirmities and bore away my diseases and by your stripes. Thank you, Jesus. I am healed. The same act that brought redemption to my spirit is the same act that brought healing to my mind and my body. In order to get saved, what did we have to do? Help me out now. Help me out. How, how did we get saved? What did we have to do first? We had to do what? We had to, we had to hear. We had to hear about salvation. And the Holy Spirit drew us to a place where we knew that I need God. Nothing I have ever tried to fill that void in my life is working. I need God. And then God drew us to Jesus, Right? And we heard how um, he died on the cross for all of our sins because he that knew no sin was made to be sin for me and for you. So that when God turned his back on Jesus, it was as if he was turning his back on me. And then, but Jesus was there to pay the penalty. He was our substitution. He vicariously died for us. He vicariously took our sins. The same way he vicariously took our sickness. The same way he vicariously took our disease and, and, and our, our lack of peace and fear and all the different things. And once we heard that, and all, all we simply need to do is believe that he died for our sin on the third day. Long story short, God raised him from the dead. Jesus is alive. He is the Savior of the world. Now, I don't need to go and earn my salvation. I need to receive what he's already provided. He's not going to die on the cross for you again to save you. He already did that. We just need to receive by faith what he's already done according to his word. And that's the same way we receive everything from God. Come on, let's, get, let's, let's, let's just go ahead and, and do some layups tonight. Where's my peace? Thank you, Jesus. You said if I keep my, my mind stead on you, you'd bring perfect peace back into my life. Thank you. Layup. I receive it. I don't care what I feel. I got it. I'm taking it. You are my strength. I took some strength tonight. I don't know about you. You're my unfailing love. You're my peace. The Word says that we need to get a revelation of all the different things God has already wrought for us in Christ Jesus. And faith is the key catalyst that helps us receive everything that God has already provided for us. We don't have to work our salvation, you know, earn our salvation. We need to receive the salvation already extended to us through grace. We receive it by faith. Same way with healing. But we need to get, you know, we've been taught salvation over and over and over and over and over. So it's easier for us to receive salvation than it is for us to receive healing because we've not heard too much teaching about healing. 
We, we receive it the same way, that faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Himself took my infirmity and bare my sicknesses. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities, chastised my peace was upon him. With his stripes I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. I believe I received that. Thank you. According to your word, I'm going to speak the truth no matter what darkness is trying to come against me, no matter what, what lies the enemy's trying to send to my mind. And then the third scripture I stood on in that season is 1 Peter 2, 24. Did I even finish the whole scripture? I'm just going to read it again. Matthew 8, 17. You, Jesus, you fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah that we just read and quoted. You took in order to carry away my weaknesses. You took in order to carry away my infirmities. You, I mean, if we think about this, all of a sudden we'll begin to see things carried away that was not of God. And then God uh, begin to quicken our and watch over his word to perform it. One sentence from God, Jesus had confidence in, had more than enough power to cause that fig tree to die. Just like Jesus said now later on, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, he said, mountain is not, don't go to Appalachian State and, you know, go up there and take the ski lifts and go up there. I already command you to uproot and leave this place. No, he's just saying things that are enormous maybe in your eyes. A challenge. I tell you what, when you get into the Word, it makes a mountain come back down to size. Because we have the greater one that's in us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. By his stripes, I'm healed. 1 Peter 2.24, you personally bore my sins, Jesus. Thank you. In your own body on the tree, as on an altar and offered yourself on it, that I might die and cease to exist to sin because you died on my behalf. And now I can live under righteousness, right standing with God. And by your wounds, Jesus, I have been healed. There's a lot of people that think, and, and I'm not going to argue with that, because if you think this is a promise, you can receive it, take it, believe you receive it when you pray. But really, these, these scriptures right here are statement of facts, statement of truth. You ever heard, it is what it is. And I'll just conclude with this. Um, <clears throat> there are times in my life that God had to balance me in order so I could receive from Him. But at the same time, I'm glad I had, you know, I, I'd rather be that way than apathetic, just sit back doing nothing. You know, it seems like if the enemy can't get us to, you know, um, not do something that the Word of God says, he'll try to push us into an extreme. So we come into balance, and then all of a sudden we realize, wait a minute, this is a relationship. This is a fellowship. This is a God. I'm his, I'm his child. And he, you know, I, I begin to commune with him. Uh, and, and it's not just, it's not just uh, a, a word on a piece of paper. Now the Word becomes alive, and there's a person. His name's Jesus. But these three scriptures really carried me through as I would, you know, during a long season. I wasn't studying on anything else at that point. I did, for the ministry's sake, got in a different series. But for my own sake, my own personal devotion, I would just read along that topic and just, and my wife, God bless her heart, there's the, the, the 
podcast that I posted on Harvest, we listened to that thing a bazillion times. I'm not sure we listened that many times. But I'm telling you, every time we got up, we'd put that on. And we'd feed on it. And then we'd feed on it. And then we'd feed on it. And I'd, you know, when I was in the shower doing whatever, whatever, uh, I'd just feed on it. And I would hear it. And while, while I was on my way, I'd say, yep, exactly right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I, I'm healed. Thank you. And the word would keep ministering to my heart. And then I would, you know, keep meditating on these three scriptures. Because when Jesus saw the fig tree, it didn't produce he wanted something different, and he said, no one ever shall eat from you again. One word from God can change everything. Make sure you're not getting in the law of works. Make sure you're not now, you know, on the other side of apathy or laziness and not do your due diligence to find out, what did God do for me in Christ? Amen. You'll find your zone. You'll find your balance. Whatever you're going through, find the scripture for it. Look for God to quicken it to you, make it alive to you. I hope tonight that you receive some revelation on some things you might not have seen before. And you can take it now in the first person and say, God, oh, wow, you did that for me too. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, I thank you that your word says that with long life you would satisfy us and show us your salvation. Thank you for that. You said with great long continuance we would enjoy the works of our hands and the fruit of our labor. It takes a healthy body and mind to do that. Thank you, God. Thank you for teaching us simple principles through through the example of what Jesus said tonight and through also what I said about myself so that we teach not only just in principle or theory, it's not a theory, it's truth, but we would also preach the word in precept and example. We honor you and we praise you for it. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Just close your eyes for a moment. Maybe you just need to slow down just a little bit. Or maybe you need to be prompted up to remind yourself of some scriptures of things you're going through. Give them into your heart. What do we need to be here right now? Father, we praise you. We honor you. Thank you. By your stripes, we are healed. Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. If this message was a blessing to you, make sure to share with your friends and leave a review. For more information about who we are and where we're located, check out our website at harvest-triad.com.